Welcome back to Last Ones at the Bar, your one-stop shop for all your boxing needs. Today, we have something special for you. We have our year-end awards. My name is Wilton Henry. My name is Daniel Lee. And my name is Lavelle Jackson. Yes, so we have a very interesting show for you. We want to do something special for you all for our last episode of the year where we're giving you two episodes in one. Um, usually we give you like your weekly dose that you need, you know, kind of like a multivitamin, you know, it, you know, it's, it's, it's good and healthy for your, um, your box of needs. But today we're going to, like I said, discuss our um, year end awards. But before we get to our year, year end awards, which this topic is not going to be discussed, but we will, address it here. Uh, I just want to ask you guys, as we move into 2021, and we've had some pretty good bouts this past year, what fights or fights do you guys want to see most um, in 2021? You know, in terms of what could realistically be made, um, I would probably go Tyson Fury and Anthony Joshua and maybe uh, Lopez and Haney as an honorable mention. Hmm. Yeah. I still it's gonna go. I'm still gonna go for the gusto and say I I still want to see uh, Spence Crawford. Um, also want to see uh, Fury AJ, um, and also uh, Lopez Haney. Um, and you know what? Even I, I would even want to see uh, Gary Russell Jr. versus Javante uh, Tank Davis. I would actually go to that fight if it was in the DMV area. <laughs> Yeah, as you guys were discussing that, um, what you would like to see, I was thinking in my mind the top five that I would want to see. And I think that these fights, these fights can actually happen in 2021. In, in no particular order, I would want to see Haney and Lopez. I would want to see, and I think this is going to happen, Ramirez and Taylor. Spence Crawford. I still want to see because this this fight has been lingering for so long, and you know it's past its expiration date. But at the at the same time, it's like it was supposed to have happened by now, and that's that Joshua Wilder. And then probably the fight that I want to see most is going to be Canelo versus Charlo. So as far as our, our awards that we're going to give out this year, we have ten different ones that we're going to share with you all. So we'll start off with our. Last ones at the bar, trainer of the year. Who do you guys have? For trainer of the year, um, it would go to no other than Derrick James. Uh, I think he's earned it for the work he's done with uh, two world champions who have, uh, you know, two to three belts, which is Errol Spence Jr. and Jermail Charlo. And I think their success, a lot of their successes, uh, you know, pertain to, you know, the way he trains uh, and also the way he uh, is outside the ring. You know, he tries to keep them on the uh, the right path. Um, of course, we know uh, Jamel Charlo can have, you know, out, out of the ring. Uh, we know both fighters can have, you know, things happen outside the ring. I think Derek James is that guy that keeps them uh, grounded. Um and of course, uh, Spence coming off a win with Danny Garcia, and um, and on top of the welterweight division, 
and also Jamel Charlo shaping up to be the man at uh, the light in the light middleweight division with his victory over um, Jason Rosaro. Um, I think he's an underrated trainer, and I, I believe he's earned it. Um, and a honorable mention to uh, Javon Sugar Hill uh, for, for the work he did with uh, Tyson Fury. He basically um, did what um, Tyson Fury said he was going to do and pretty much um, stopped uh, Deontay Wilder, which is pretty impressive. But Derek James going away as uh, trainer of the year in my book. Yeah, I'll get straight to it. My trainer of the year, I gave it to Derek James uh, for the reasons that beating Banana Rosario, becoming a unified champ, and then Spence um, beating Danny Garcia. So that was the most impressive thing that I've seen a trainer do uh, with those two world champions. And so my trainer of the year is Derrick James. So I also had Derrick James, but I do want to give honorable mention to Teofimo Lopez Sr. Reason being, very few thought Lopez would win. Reason being, out of the people that thought Lopez would win the fight against Lomachenko, there were very few that thought he would win by decision. A lot of people thought it would have to, he would have to win by knockout. Matter of fact, the betting odds was uh, plus 900 for Lopez winning by decision. So if you bet on that, uh, let me hold something because you're a rich man. Um, and, you know, not only did Lopez Sr. talk that cash talk, he is still confident in his son, and he trained in the Salt of Matrix, you know. Um, in that fight, he started a sharp jab, basically ran away with the first – five rounds and kind of rendered uh, Lomachenko kind of uh, he, he kind of nullified whatever Lomachenko would have tried to do early on with the sharpness and the, and the power that behind that jab and even when Lomachenko started to get active in the later rounds he didn't buckle he, he weathered that storm and so uh, you know shout out to Teofimo Lopez Sr. for that but I had Derrick James now our second last one's at the bar and the year award would go to our, our unsung hero of the year, our underrated fighter. Who'd you guys have for that one? My unsung hero award goes to former 168-pound world champ, Gilberto Zerto Ramirez, Gilberto 6'2", 175-pound fighter. Now he's he started to campaign at that weight division as of last week after his victory over Alfonso Lopez, where he gained a 175-pound NABF regional belt. And as I stated in the past, that he's 29 and he's in his, his prime right now. The reason why I have him as the unsung hero is because he's not rated at 175, although he's 42-0 and with 26 knockouts. And like I said, he has the regional belt. And if you look at the fighters at 175, I don't see how he doesn't at least rank in the top five if you see the fighters that, and especially with his skill set. Um, so for me, I'm going with, he just seems like a, a guy who no one talks about, even though he's highly skilled. And so, like I said, this year, my unsung hero award goes to Gilberto Zerto Ramirez. Ramirez. Yep, I actually... I, I would give him my honorable mention. Um, this one is kind of kind of a risky one that I went with, but uh, I went with it because uh, he also really wasn't expected to make any noise. This this fighter actually had um, in the fight that I'm going to reference, uh, they were negative 
um, sorry, they were minus thirty five hundred odds in favor of of as favor of the person that he beat. So if you bet on this fighter, you're also a rich man. Once again, let me hold something. But um, you know the reason why this is risky is because he also lost a fight this year. But I actually had Banana Rosario because of how he beat Julian Williams. Um, after after J Rock beat Jared Hurd, he had unified the belts. It was for the most part expected that he was going to kind of walk through Rosario on the way to uh, a unification with Charlo, and Rosario uh, got the score to knockout. And so, you know, in the sense that this fighter, and you know, obviously he lost to Charlo, but um, in terms of it, him being underrated and in terms of him kind of uh, scoring an upset, I, I decided to give it to, to him. My son, Hero, uh, I looked at it differently because of the COVID-19 era and what we had to go through. Uh, I split my award up and gave it to two guys that I've been seeing all year. And, uh, and you know what? I gave that award to Clay Collard and Chris Colbert. Um, because, and I do that because in the COVID-19 era, they kept me entertained. Um, Clay Collard fought like six fights this year. He's five and one this year. And Chris Colbert fought uh, twice this year. Um, but they were active. Um, and honorable mention to Jerron Ennis. Because in this COVID-19 era, you know, a lot of fighters, they were complaining about uh, when they When they talk about not fighting, they were complaining about everything except their health as the reason why they weren't fighting. They were talking about there will be less people in the audience and they won't get this amount of money and I don't want to take a pay cut and all this and arguing over whatever split. Uh, these guys just, you know, got in there and fought and made the most of their TV time, you know, especially Clay Collar. He would, no one would care who he was. He wouldn't even been on television if it wasn't for the top guys taking a hiatus, you know, and looking for those big paydays. They kept me entertained. Um, they didn't complain. They got in the ring. They probably didn't get paid much, but hey, you know. So that was my uh, unsung hero, uh, Clay Collar and Chris Colbert. And now for our last ones at the bar, upset of the year. My upset of the week of the year, I had Teofimo Lopez with his win over Vasily Lomachenko. Um, he was a four to one underdog. Um, and he, of the top fighters, he's probably the only one who beat someone who, well, he wasn't favorite over, and this was a top, you know, pound for pound fighter, and he did what he had to do. He outboxed him. He made him look ordinary at times. Um, it was interesting to watch because, uh, like Danny said earlier, a lot of people were expecting him to just knock out Lomachenko and overpower him. And he uses still his jab and he used his boxing ability to make uh Vasily Lomachenko uh, look silly. So that's my upset of the year. Uh Tiafimo Lopez over Vasily Lomachenko. My upset of the year uh would also be Tiafimo Lopez versus Vasily Lomachenko. Um I would say honorable mention to the, the Jason Rosario fight once again over over Julian Williams. Um, but I have to go Teofimo Lopez because of the magnitude of that fight, what was at stake, um, and who he fought. So that will be my upset of the year. All right, so my upset of the year, I have four fights that I was looking at that kind of surprised me. 
the way they end it. And so I have Loma and Lopez as an honorable mention. And the reason why they could possibly be, or that could possibly be the upset of the year is because, you know, um, the caliber of fighters that those guys are and Lomachenko being some people's pound for pound number one fighter. So I can see that being number one. I didn't have it per se because I was seeing some people who were saying that Lopez had a really good shot at being beating Loma. Another fight that was pretty surprising was the Alvarez versus Joe Smith fight. That was a seven to one odds uh, fight and Smith ended up beating Eladar or knocking out Eladar Alvarez. Another one that shocked me was the Povetkin versus Dillian White fight, but that was another fight that was like a 41. Um, it was 41 odds, but I would have to say the fight that surprised me the most in 2020 was the Robert Helenas versus Adam um, Kowalowski fight, which Kowalowski was a 25 to one favorite going into that fight. And he ended up getting knocked out. Mm -hmm. So my upset of the year is Robert Helenas versus Adam Kowalowski. Moving on to our next award. Last one is at the bar prospect of the year. Who do you fellas have as your prospect of the year? My prospect of the year. Um, I would say is uh, I'll have Jerron Ennis. Um, for some fact, he's 2-0 with one no contest. Uh, and my one of my criteria for prospect of the – that can, can't be a prospect is that they can't have a, a world title, currently have a world title. So that eliminated a lot of guys who I looked at as prospects, like, you know, uh, like Stevenson and, you know, uh, even Chris Copert. Um, but honorable mention goes to uh, Gary Antoine uh, Russell. Uh, I think he he doesn't get a lot of looks. Well, he's thirteen and zero with thirteen KOs. I think he's gonna gonna be someone to um, to watch going down the road. My only knock with him is he that he wasn't active enough in twenty twenty. Uh, so my prospect of the year award goes to Jerron Boots Ennis. All right, so uh, my prospect of the year, I'll look at it like this, where the prospect of the year, I don't think, for me, can be ranked. Like, it's somebody who is on the verge of in cusp of being ranked. And so I look at somebody who's ranked as more so a contender. So that's the reason why my list may be a little bit different. Now, I, I was just going based on fighters who don't have a championship, then it would have come down to Chris Colbert, um, Boots Ennis, Virgil Ortiz, you know, one of those guys. But they're ranked. And I see that Chris Colbert is ranked number one in one of the sanctioning bodies. And I think Boots and Virgil Ortiz are ranked in the top 10, at least in one of those organizations. So I, that eliminates them for me. Um, so I will go to guys who I, who I don't think are ranked. And the person who just jumped out onto the scene this year would be Edgar Berlanga. It's another guy that's a 168-pound fighter, too, David Morrell. I think they're on the collision course to face each other. But I think just based on what I've seen and the tremendous um, attention that's being given to Edgar Berlanga, I have to give him the award of prospect of the year. Man, I just knew I was gonna have somebody on this list that nobody else had. 
But um, my prospect of the year was also Edgar Berlinga. And to back up, um, my personal definition of prospect, prospect um, someone typically young, uh, still being brought up and groomed, uh, hasn't really been tested yet, does not have a world championship. Um, I didn't go not ranked, but it just worked out that way. Um, you know, he's 23 years old. He's 16-0, and 0, has 16 first-round knockouts, has three fights this year. Uh, so he's been pretty busy despite COVID. The reason why he's been busy is because he's only fought three total rounds this year. Um, and so uh, that was my prospect of the year. But honorable mention also goes to Jerron Ennis, uh, who was also 23 years old, 26-0 with four knockouts. Uh, I'm sorry, 24 knockouts. And like um, – like Vell said, he's also had three fights this year, one of unfortunately which was a no contest, which we covered last week. So if you haven't watched that, please uh, tune in to listen to that uh, our last week's episode as well. So moving on to our next last one's at the Bar and the Year Award. It's going to be our Comeback of the Year Award. Uh, who'd you guys have for that one? So my Comeback Fighter of the Year is Errol Spence. It's 4 o'clock. For coming back from that devastating car accident nearly fatal car accident and being able to put on display like he did against Danny Garcia. He's my 2020 comeback fighter of the year. My comeback fighter of the year is also uh, Errol Spence. Um, First fight after the accident, many question whether or not he'd be the same. He could have taken a tune up against the lesser opponent, uh, but he took on a tough fighter uh, near the top of the division in Danny Garcia. Um, and he didn't really miss a beat coming back. He he dominated most of that fight. And so uh, my comeback fighter would also be Errol Spence. Yeah, I don't even think it's a question uh, that the comeback of the year uh, fighter is Errol Spence, that he deserves that award. He came back strong. Um, I think there's a gap between him and the number two comeback of the year, which I would have as Roman Gonzalez. Uh, Errol Spence came back from something that, um, you have fighters uh, who have died, you know, um, die early. Uh, and he came back and came back strong and didn't look like he lost that much of a step. You know, he, he beat a strong fighter in Danny Garcia and is well-deserved. Comeback of the year goes to, to Errol Spence. Now for our next award, uh, the last ones at the bar round of the year. What do you guys have for that? This one was tough um, because to narrow it down to one. And I'll give uh, honorable mention to round five for the uh, the Jose Z- uh, Zapata versus Iron Baranchik uh, fight. Um, there was nine total knockdowns in that fight in five rounds, and there were three total in, the, in that fifth round. And so honorable mention will go to that fifth round. I ended up giving it to uh, that Juan Francisco Estrada versus Carlos Quadras, that uh, rematch round 11. You know, the whole fight was that Mexican-style brawl that you loved to really you really loved to see as a boxing fan. Both guys were going at it. Um, and in this one, Quadras was knocked down twice before the ref ended up stopping it in that 11th round. And so just for the the, the, the sheer excitement that, that came with that round, I gave it to, to those guys. For the round of the year... Uh, I had big trouble uh, deciding uh, between that also. But my dilemma was both rounds was in the uh, Jose Zapata versus Ivan 
Baranchik fight. I couldn't decide between round two and round five. But you know what? I'll, I'll give it to round five because it was a, a definitive round. I mean, it definitely ended there. <laughs> if you haven't seen it, watch it. Um, you can probably watch that fight in less than what 15 minutes, 15, 20 minutes. Uh, but that round five wasn't, you know, incredible. It, it ended definitively, had definitive end, and it was a, a sudden end also. So if you haven't seen it, check it out. There's several fights that could have made my round of the year. But I went with the Chris Colbert versus Jaime Arboleda fight. It was a lot of back and forth action, especially that round nine. Arboleda eventually went down towards the end of the round, but that was the best round that I saw live. Now it was some other fights. And again, you mentioned, you guys mentioned one in particular, but I didn't see that live, you know? So for me, you know, watching the fight and just being in the, in the moment, I had to give it to Arboleda and Colbert. All right. So we're going to move on to the event of the year, which fight cards or card do you guys have as your event of the year? Uh, for me, um, this award, it was no question. I thought, as silly as it was, I thought the Mike Tyson versus Roy Jones Jr. card quite well. I was very impressed with it. Um, they didn't really embarrass us boxing fans. That was my biggest fear, and they did not. And if anything, um, they probably brought more fans back and got more people talking about it. Um and I, I thought it was interesting. I, it, it was hard for me to to take my sh- my feet outside of a bo- the shoes of a boxing fan and put it into like just a typical person or a casual sports fan watching this, and and seeing it from that angle, uh, it was definitely a, a treat to watch. Yeah, that was a pretty pretty solid event. Um, you know, much talked about. But for my event of the year, I went with that September twenty sixth car out there at the Mohegan Sun Arena in Connecticut, which had both Charlos, Jamel Charlo against Jason Rosario, and then Jamal against Darian Chinko. So my award goes to that event. I'm just glad somebody said the Mike Tyson fight, so I didn't have to. Because, uh, you know, the, it's, it's hard for the numbers to lie with that one. They had about 1.6 million buys, I believe, uh, that was anticipated. So, you know, it's hard to really argue with the numbers, but I was also – Admittedly, too stubborn to put them on my list. So, shout out to them, though. Um, Vel, you had you had real good points for bringing that one up. Thank you for taking one for the team. That said, that said, uh, I had Tyson Fury versus Deontay Wilder uh, rematch. Um, as it pertains to the numbers, that one uh, would have come in second place at 1.2 million pay per view buys. Um, it was a highly anticipated rematch. Um, you know, people actually favored it uh, Wilder slightly because Fury had been knocked down twice in the first matchup. They thought he'd be more susceptible, and, you know, he was gaining a weight. And, and you know, like I've said before in previous episodes, you know, um, when he told us what he was going to do, it kind of sounded crazy until he actually did it. Um, and so, you know, in terms of the magnitude, in terms of anticipation, um, you know, sold out crowd, 1.2 million pay-per-view buys, 1.2 million pay-per-view buys. I had to give it to, to Fury Wilder 2. So moving on to last one's at the bar, knockout of the year. 
Uh, who did you guys have for that one? So for me, knockout of the year, it came down to two fights that I thought of immediately. And it was – one of them was really – well, both of them were, were surprises. But the Pavekin white fight, that came out of nowhere. Um, and so that was a really devastating um, punch landed by Pavekin on white. But I would have to go with knockout of the year. It has to be the Tank Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz. That uppercut uh, was vicious. So that's my knockout of the year. Yeah, that one was definitely on my honorable mention. Um, but I actually had to go the, the Dillian White versus the Povetkin for, for my knockout of the year personally, um, especially given the context, you know, with White being the uh, WBC top contender for a few years and was hoping to kind of sort of stay busy in a way to secure a title fight with AJ or Fury. And, you know, many of us, you know, earlier this year thought that White would win that and he was controlling the fight. And it scored two knockdowns against Povetkin in the fourth. And that fifth one, man, it just came out of nowhere. So I had to give that knockout of the year to, uh, I guess, Povetkin, essentially. Yeah, I agree. It, went, it came down to those two fights, uh, those two knockouts. Um, another honorable mention to um, the Zipata uh, chick knockout, because that one was <laughs> sudden and crazy, too. Uh, but in that fight, I, it looked like someone was going to get knocked out pretty much. Um, for the um, Javante Davis versus Leo Santa Cruz, it was just a vicious uppercut. It was a brutal knockout. I mean, it, it got everyone's attention. People were talking about it. Um, the only reason I didn't have that as the, the knockout of the year is because in the back of my mind, it was a foregone conclusion that Javante Davis was going to stop uh, Leo Santa Cruz. When you compare that to uh, Dillian White versus Alexander Povetkin, I just never could see it coming, especially watching the fight uh, when Povetkin uh, was getting knocked knocked down. Um, that knockout came out of nowhere, and he caught Dillian White, and it was just beautiful, something of beauty. Um Wow, and and it, and it changed the perception of how both fighters uh, are viewed. Um, so my knockout year, yes, it goes to Alexander Povetkin for, for putting Julian White to sleep. So moving along to our next last ones at the bar year in award, uh, it's coming down to the wire, uh, the ones you've been waiting for. So the next award is the um, last ones at the bar fight of the year. Uh, what do you guys have as the fight of the year? So for me, uh, we referenced it earlier a few times. And I, so I had the uh, Jose Zapata versus Ivan Baranchik fight. Um, among boxing fans, this is one of the more anticipated fights of the summer. Um, at this point, boxing was just getting back in the swing of things, although this one was uh, postponed uh, due to a rib injury. Uh, I said it earlier, I believe, but there were nine knockdowns in the five rounds of this fight. And, uh, man, Baranchik, man, was he throwing those hooks. It just, anytime you got a guy that just went to throw like that, uh, it's going to be an exciting fight for as long as the other guy or, or that guy can, you know, can stay on their feet. Uh, so I had that for my fight of the year. 
for my fiery year, um, it came down to two fights, and they were both for different reasons. Um, and it came down to the Jose Zepeda versus Ivan Berenchik fight, and also um, the Chris Colbert versus Abreleta fight. And for different reasons also. Um, actually, I gave it to the uh, Zepeda versus Berenchik fight. But I must say, uh, the Colbert versus Abreleta fight was, was definitely a, a great fight because for the simple fact, it was, it was uh, not a fight I expected to be a great fight. And Chris, even though Chris Colbert said he was going to come out aggressive and take it to Abreleta, uh, up to that point, he was known as a, you know, a mover, a boxer mover, uh, and, and not even with uh, power like that. We thought he has you know, a little bit of snap to him. But he definitely bit down that fight and made it aggressive and took on Arboleda, who was a dangerous puncher. And Arboleda was getting him, and he basically tired Arboleda out and you know took it to him. Uh, so runner up for that, and even also the uh, the the uh, Felix uh, Verdejo versus Masuyachi Nakatani fight. I know I'm messing these names up. That one was a a, a good fight. Uh, too, but I think it was a step below the Chris Colbert versus um, Abeleta fight, and actually the fight of the year, who was my award, was Jose Zepeda versus Ivan Baranchik. If you haven't seen this fight, <laughs> this fight will make you feel guilty for watching it because I had a headache after watching it because it was so, uh, so many head shots and brutal body shots, and it had everything you would want in the, uh, a vicious fight. And for this fight between uh, Zepeda and Berenchik, um, if you're one of those people listening who says that boxing is, you know, on the downside, you prefer UFC slash MMA over it because of the action and all that, this fight is for you. Uh, as a person who actually enjoys sweet science, I enjoyed this fight. It was a little too brutal, but I, I enjoyed it for what it was. I mean they basically stood right in front of each other and went to work. And that was that. So like Daniel said, it, it was about nine knockdowns and like five rounds. I mean, they were splitting it like through every round. <laughs> so it was, it was, it was, it was a fight. There was a knockout in every round, at least one knockout in every single round. So that's my fight of the year. Jose Zepeda versus Ivan Baranchik. Yeah, like I said before, this was a really good year in boxing, you know, even though you had COVID, no fans and a lot at a lot of these events. And so um, my award came down to basically four fights. Three of those fights, I would consider those, you know, really good, brutal matches. Um, so my honorable mentions would go to the Nakatani versus Verdejo fight the Colbert versus Arboleta fight, the Estrada versus Quadras fight. Um, those were what I would consider ring wars. But this fight right here, I mean, wow. Like, it was the fight of the year for me. It's kind of like, and, I, and Bob Aram mentioned this. He said that this was like a, Frank, a Foreman versus Lyle uh, matchup where you had both guys getting knocked down. It was breathtaking. At some points, it was even frightening, you know. But like I said, if you watch this fight, 
you're going to have your mouth open. And so my fight of the year has to go with two Jose Cepeda versus Ivan Baranchik. And I'm not going to mention any, any much more about that because you guys said it all. But again, if you haven't seen that fight, please check that one out. Now, our last award is none other than the fighter of the year. Who do you guys have as your 2020 last ones at the bar fighter of the year? All right, my 2020 fighter of the year, and I'll get to that in a second, but a couple of honorable mentions, or not even necessarily honorable mentions, it's more so guys who I could see who had a chance to win it. Uh, Canelo, you know, just it's, it's tough when you're the pound-for-pound champion of the world, number one cash cow, you know, to exceed expectations, and I think he did that in his last matchup against Callum Smith. So, shouts out to him. Um, I can see somebody saying Tyson Fury with the victory that he had over Deontay Wilder. I can see Errol Spence coming back from the accident. And I could also see Jamel Charlo um, getting some recognition this year and possibly being the number one fighter or the fighter of the year just based on him unifying uh, his division. I think all of those things um, pale in comparison to what Tiafimo Lopez did. So I have to give him the fighter of the year based on the odds that he won the fight against Lomachenko. Um, a lot of people not thinking that he was capable of beating somebody as experienced as Lomachenko. And, you know, he's at the top of one of the most competitive divisions in the sport of boxing. So this year, I have to give the last ones at the bar, fighter of the year, to Tiafimo, the takeover, Lopez. You know, you guys said it beautifully already. Uh, I'll just preface it with saying, you know, um, and, and Vel, you already said it's more or less, but this year was different because typically, whereas you might have two or three fights to go off of, you had the COVID effect. And so you had to be really efficient with your choice. You know, who had the most impactful fight? Who had the most at stake? Um, that said, um, I also had Tyson Fury as kind of like the runner-up in a sense, but I, I had to go with uh, Tiafino and Lopez. As we wrap up our awards, you got anything else that you want to touch on? Yeah, I just want to say uh, say to everyone to, you know, have a happy holiday, a safe holiday, um, a safe new year. And be on the lookout for all the, the, the goodies and, and good stuff we have coming in an upcoming year. Yeah, I also want to say, you know, shout out to you guys who are listening. Thank you so much for rocking with us. There's something that, you know, we're, we're literally the, we're the last ones at the bar, you know. And so, you know, we're, we're, we're some guys that enjoy boxing. And so we enjoy talking about it. And, you know, so it means a lot that, that people rock with what we're doing. A shout out to you guys also, to Will and Vel. Um, you know, this is not something that I would have done. Like, this is a Rizzly, like, out of my comfort zone. So shout out to, to y'all, especially you, Will, for, for, bringing, for bringing me out of my comfort zone and doing something like this. Well, man, I appreciate you fellas for taking on this, you know, responsibility of, you know, it, it, it takes some time and effort to be able to do these things. You know, you have to do your research. You know, it's not something that you can just 
turn your computer on and, and just start talking about it. You really have to put in some work and you guys have done a wonderful job. Thanks to everybody who's been listening, you know, via our podcast that are, that's on Spotify or even the YouTube. And Danny, I think that you're going to give updates next week when it comes to that Garcia fight. Am I correct? This year, yep. it's, it was basically be basically about branding, you know, and next year, it's about expanding. So on that note, you guys have a great rest of the 2020 year and hopefully you have a prosperous 2021. Peace.